What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. What's going on? Welcome to our running back rankings updates here as we have the rookie running backs on their teams. And now we can ask, hey, Brees Hall or Cam Akers, Damian Pierce or Damian Harris? If he's splitting with Ramondre Stevenson, that might not be such a good situation. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, and Dave Richard. Heath is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Shraggy B is back from some type of... Mini vacation, I think he went on, right? Dragon yeah, we'll go with that. Work from home vacation. What, what'd you say, Dave? 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 Dave, Dave Frozen. Dave Frozen. <laughs> already <laughs> one minute already, in. The show's 30 seconds old and it's already happening. Okay. he's The, best, the best part is, is that Dave's supposed to be in the most professional place. <laughs> I, we're, we're, I'm in the fantasy compound. We've got a studio in here. We've got hardwired... Maybe you should work from home like the rest of us. I got yelled. What's going on? (laughs) I can't say for sure that it's his problem. It might be on my end. I don't know. But anyway, Dave, we'll figure it out. Dave's back. We're good to go. Uh, Dave said on Fantasy Football Today in five the other day that five rookie running backs would go in the first 10 rounds. Specifically, he has them going in the first nine rounds. Jamie, do you agree with that? Five rookie running backs in the first 10 rounds? I do not. I will take the over. Oh, all right. So we've got the obvious ones. Brees Hall, Ken Walker. I, those are, I guess, the only completely obvious ones. Dave, yes. who else? Who are the other three that you say go in the first 10 rounds? Damian Pearson, James Cook, for sure. Oh. Uh, Tyler Algier, I think, will now go in the first 10 rounds. So I think those are locks. And then I think one of potentially, by the time we get to camp, could be Isaiah Spiller as somebody takes the, the next secondary running back for the Chargers. Or somebody takes Brian Robinson, or there's another handcuff, or somebody that we 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 fall in love with that we say you have to draft as a handcuff lottery ticket type of guy. Could be uh, the LSU kid from the 49ers. Uh, if Elijah Mitchell's banged up to start the season, I think there will be at least six guys that go in the first ten. Ty Davis Price is that his name? Ty Davis yes. Price, yeah, yeah. That's the guy in the 49ers. Okay, so Dave's at five. Jamie's going to take the over. And we'll see now if I did make it the first nine rounds. I don't know if that would change your mind because that was originally what Dave said, first nine rounds. But either way, um, I think we have the names Damian, Damian Pierce, James Cook. So Cook is interesting. Like convince me to draft Cook because he's 
you know, a smaller guy probably starts as a third down back, which hasn't been a very valuable role for Buffalo. Guessing he starts behind Singletary. Dave, convince me to draft James Cook. Is it that you think he could overtake him or that he'd actually be a kind of a PPR relevant guy like a JD McKissick? Uh, make the case. I think there's a chance he overtakes Devin Singletary, but that's not the number one reason why I would draft him. The number one reason why I would draft James Cook is because it appears the Bills want to get that element of their passing offense going. They tried to get J.D. McKissick earlier this offseason. They thought they had him, and then he changed his mind. He went back to Washington. I don't know why he'd pick Washington over Buffalo. Maybe it was a money issue. Who knows what it is? But he was out, and so they went in the draft. They obviously targeted Cook. They got Cook, and his specialty is in the passing game. He's really good in that role, and he might even like morph into kind of like a hybrid slot receiver. For the Buffalo Bills. So there's upside on north of 50 catches, maybe even 60 catches in that offense. We know that they still have digs. They've got Gabriel Davis. We love those guys. But I don't know if there's another wide receiver in Buffalo. They they signed Jameson Crowder. That's kind of eh. And I know that he's a slot receiver too. But I'm excited about Cook potentially getting four or five targets per game. And that's from Josh Allen barely throwing to his running backs last year. And he's going to get some carries on top of that, too. And if he looks good carrying the football, and if something happens to Singletary where he's not effective or he gets hurt, I don't think they're turning to Duke Johnson or Zach Moss. I think they'll give James Cook a shot, and he'll get more work. So a little bit of a long-term investment-type deal with Cook with a floor of him being potentially usable as a bi-week replacement or as a desperation replacement in full PPR. See, I, I, I tend to agree with Dave, and I think that's the, the positive way to look at James Cook. The, the negative, which is kind of a negative for almost all the Bills, is they are so much more diverse right now than they've ever been with Josh Allen as the quarterback because, you know, you, you, you lose Cole Beasley, but they have their best tight end group that they've ever had with the addition of O.J. Howard joining Dawson Knox. Uh, I think the combination of Crowder, McKenzie, and Khalil Shakir, who was an unbelievable draft pick for them they traded up to get, um, working as that slot type of option, uh, so you're going to see more two tight end sets. You're going to see more, I think, maybe both running backs on the field at the same time. James Cook probably playing in, in a pass-catching role. That doesn't necessarily mean out of the backfield, as Dave alluded to. Um, obviously, Diggs and um, uh, and Gabriel Davis, what they bring. So they're going to throw a lot of different things at defenses that we haven't seen yet. And so it could be a negative for everybody because there's you know the, the ball moving around to different places that we we didn't expect to happen. Or it could be that we get more concentrated targets because of the elite level players, mostly being Diggs and Davis, and then who who falls out after that. So um, it's going to be fun to see how this Bills offense operates because they have a lot of different you know options right now. Uh, but I do think that that Cook, I don't know if he'll be the next man up if there's a running downs opportunity because I do think that would probably go to more of the veteran guys, uh, probably Duke ahead of of Zach Moss if things have gone the way, unfortunately for Zach Moss. But um, Cook will probably get an opportunity there as well. But I think he's he's definitely going to catch more passes than any Bills running back has caught in the past in, in the Josh Allen era. Okay. Just a reminder about that Bills offense. Uh, they did not punt in either of the last two games they fa- they played against the Patriots last year. <laughs> that playoff game and then a late season game. They did not punt. They scored 33 that points. That didn't include and, the win game, right? That did not include the win game. I don't know how much they punted in that game because obviously they were not good punting conditions. But uh, no, they only scored 10 points in that game. I wonder how many punts they had. Um, but yeah, that, I just thought that was funny. That I read that recently. That I knew they didn't do it in the playoffs, but 
two straight games against the Bill against the Patriots. They didn't punt. Can I share a text message with you guys that I got that? Um, well, first I want to know if if we convinced you to take James Cook and call it round eight or round nine in a full PPR league. I don't think no, not round eight. Who are we talking about going in round? We're talking about like DeAndre Hopkins going in round eight. So yeah, I would take Hopkins out of him. I'm not taking a role player. Look, obviously it's going to depend on the reports, right? But I think Singletary at least starts with the job, and I don't know that Cook is really fitted to be a lead back for more than a few games. But uh, no, I think round I think round nine we start talking about it. Certainly round ten, but round eight I still feel like that there's a kind of a big difference between round eight and round nine or ten. I feel like round eight sometimes in a twelve team league is like the last round where you at wide receiver specifically you feel like you're getting a guy that you're putting in your starting lineup. So I feel like that's a little early to me. Is that fair? I was surprised I'm in a uh, analyst um, rookie only draft right now, and Cook went in the first round, and I was a little surprised about it. Yeah, right. Who do you go ahead of. I'm curious. Uh, I'll have to pull it up you and tell you because because it, it just wouldn't surprise me if if next year the Bills invest more heavily in running back. Like this is the last year they ride with Singletary, uh, who, who's been good. By the way, Singletary's had a really nice career. So, but yes, he has. I don't know that James Cook is the answer. It's kind of like I compare it to Michael Carter. If they really need a running back, if they're just not satisfied with that, I don't think they're giving James Cook the uh, next year, 2023. I don't think he's the guy. I think they probably go go bigger. Not unless, not unless he develops beyond anybody's wildest imaginations at this point. But I also think that this front office, meshed with the coaching staff, has told us over the years that they do not want to invest in a running back. Case in point, they had a chance to get Brees Hall. And they didn't do it with their first-round pick. They, did they have a huge need at another position? Uh, they took a cornerback in round one. I guess you could say, yeah, they had the need at cornerback, and Elam is who they took, and that's somebody who definitely fits in their offense, or their defense, rather. But if they really wanted to address the position, they could have done it in free agency. They could have done it in the draft with Brees Hall. And so I, I just think that they're never going to go and spend huge draft capital on a running back ever again. Yeah, unless, of course, they feel like their offense, which is does have a new coordinator for what's worth. I know it's somebody who's in the building, but it's a different voice, uh, that they're going to incorporate that position more in the passing game. And this was the guy that they targeted all along. Who is that Bill's offensive coordinator? Who is, yeah, who is that guy? He's a is great, that? great college quarterback. Yeah. An unbelievable talent. Uh, has a chance to be a head coach one day, Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey, my man. Super psyched for that. Uh, the uh, James Cook was the 11th pick. This is a super flex league, so only one quarterback has gone in the first uh, first round. We just finished the first round. And you went ahead of the two picks after him, which is where we are right now, which was George Pickens and Jahan Dotson. It's PPR league. You have to start three running backs and five receivers. Yeah, so listen, so... Yeah, it's a little surprising. So if Shrag- you have to start five receivers, that's surprising. Schrager yep. sent me a... Good note here. Where's it from, Ben? You know, from, from it used to be Roto World, NBC oh. Sports Edge. Now, okay, yeah. Uh, Bills general manager Brandon Bean said the team views running back James Cook as a quote sub back. He added that Cook's skill set is similar to JD McKissick's. Right. No. Right. So that's this guy. They they He's clearly targeted something. They, they they were looking for a specific type of guy, and so how they use that type of guy, you know, I mean, look, Duke Johnson fits that role too. You know, it's 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 kind of a clear indication of, you know, I think what they were, you know, trying to identify, and and that could speak, in the positive way for Devin Singletary, maybe even Zach Moss, that they weren't looking to replace those two. All right, so I would now can I share with you this well, text message Singletary, that I got? Anyway. Uh, is yeah, from okay, it's so it's it's from, 
My friend sent me a tweet from PFF Bet at PFF underscore Bet. Five of the top six favorites to go number one in 2023 are from either Ohio State or Alabama. That is incredible. Why is that surprising? Though? Five of the top six. They could be the first five picks. You know, I mean, that's just wild. Good. I would love to go back the last probably five years, but it could be more that the projected number one overall pick has not been the number one overall pick. Yeah, but this is five now. I mean, I think five, but no, I mean, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Paris Johnson, who's an offensive tackle from Ohio State, and Jackson Smith Najigba, wide receiver from Ohio State. They, uh, they're the top five and tied with be a quarterback. The, those quarterbacks might be the well, top two, of two them. quarterbacks in next year's draft. They're great. The next two guys are Phil Jerkovic of Boston College and Tyler yep. Van Dyke of Miami, <clears throat> both quarterbacks, and Spencer Rattler, another quarterback. Okay, sorry. Sorry for the detour. Let's talk running backs here. Let's play Who Would You Rather Have, the Rookie Running Back Edition. Brees Hall of the Jets. I'm going to just say where they went, just in case those of you aren't NFL draft junkies. Brees Hall to the Jets or Rams running back Cam Akers. Brees Hall or Cam Akers, who would you rather have? Hall. Same. Brees Hall. Is that changed because of uh, Kyron Williams? No, I don't think Kyron Williams is is too much of a threat to Cam Akers. I disagree. I think Kyron Williams could be a threat to take some work away from Cam Akers, but I've been saying it since the playoffs. I need to see Cam Akers look better than he did in the postseason. I know what Brees Hall looks like, and even though we worry about just how much work will be on his plate in his rookie year, especially early on, uh, I'm definitely willing to take the chance on Hall ahead of Akers right now. Okay, obviously, I'm always going to make the case, right? I want the lead running back on the Rams way more than I want the lead running back on the Jets. All due respect to the Jets, I understand they could be much better. The Rams just won the Super Bowl, high-powered offense, and we've seen a lot of value in the lead running back of the Los Angeles Rams, including Cam Akers at the end of 2020 and Daryl Henderson before he got hurt in 2021. So that would be the case to take Akers overhaul. Yeah, they're back to back for me. Um, I I think they're 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 somewhat similar. Um, I'm not so much worried about the the way that Cam Akers looked because what he did to me was superhuman to come back from that injury and help that team and take him as much work as he did. And in talking to Sean McVay at the owners' meetings, you know the one game that he brought up, which was the Cardinals game. Uh, in that game, he had over 90 total yards. He said that was the one game where they saw the the quick twitch, they saw the explosiveness. Um, look. No camp to, to, to get even just on the field is amazing. And so I think full offseason, the problem that I have with Akers is all we've seen from him is a small sample size of potential greatness. You know, we just haven't seen sustained greatness. And the hope is that he has that sustained greatness, which he certainly has the potential to be. I mean, we were talking about him at this point a year ago as a first-round pick in fantasy. So there's definitely that upside there because of exactly what you said, Adam. This offense can produce a great running back. We saw it with Todd Gurley and the two examples that you gave. And so I think there's that, that upside for sure. But uh, when, when I said that I don't think Karen Williams is a threat to Cam Akers, what you said, Dave, yes, he's going to take some work away. But is he going to take work away from Akers per se or is he going to take like, away work from Henderson? And that's what we have to find out. So I think you know he'll lose some touches to somebody, um, as will Brees Hall. But I think you know just leaning on the – Hope that Brees Hall is not the next Jonathan Taylor, but hopefully close to that. That's the uh, the chance I'll take. All right, let's go to our next one here. Who would you rather have, Seattle running back Ken Walker or Miles Sanders? I'll take the rookie here, too. I'll take Walker ahead of Miles Sanders. 
Uh, I will take Sanders in PPR and Walker in none. Yeah. Uh, do you think? What do you think about Miles Sanders as a pass catcher? They have Gainwell. They add AJ Brown. They obviously barely threw last year. I I don't know what to expect from Sanders. I think he's a really tough one, just because I don't know what to expect from the offense. But what kind of passing role do you think he has, Jamie? I don't think it's a huge one, but I think he's got the chance to be a 40-catch guy. I don't know if Walker can do that in this offense uh, if he's not the primary guy. Now, clearly, we're, we're talking about him competing with the injury-prone Rashad Penny, and for now, who knows what of Chris Carson. Um, so there's the chance for that. And, and I certainly think there's been too much made of Ken Walker's lack of catching or lack of receptions at Michigan State because he, he showed that um, as a high school player. Uh, you know, if you go back and, and just track him and, and certainly what he showed you in, in the combine, he can do that. But will he do that in this offense? And is that a Russell Wilson thing or is that a, a, a Seattle offensive thing that they just didn't throw to their backs to the same level that we like to see? Uh, you know, Chris Carson, you know, showed the ability to do that uh, at times, but not consistently enough. But again, is that a Russell thing or just the Seattle offensive thing? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Walker's better. They're back to back in both formats for me. Uh, Walker ahead of Sanders and non PPR, Sanders ahead of Walker and PPR. Um, but I do think that <laughs> Sanders, too much was made of the lack of touchdowns last year. Clearly, the injuries are a problem for him as well. But as of now, the competition is not that steep. You know, Boston Scott, I don't think, is going to keep him off the field. Ken's game will may keep him off the field in passing down situations, and you have to worry about Jalen Hurts, what he does with his legs. But I think there's just uh, more potential for receptions in in Philadelphia for Sanders because I've seen him catch 50 passes once upon a time, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's a 40-catch guy if he, if he plays the majority of 17 games. He had 50 catches in 2019, his rookie year, was healthy for all 16 games. In the two years since, he has 54 catches on 86 targets. He can do it. I hope he can stay healthy to do it. I want the Eagles to give him that workload, but it's two years of evidence that suggests that every time he's had the chance, something happens where either he struggles, he makes mistakes, or he gets hurt. And I'm definitely, you kind of glossed over Jalen Hurts and how that factors in with Miles Sanders. That's a pretty big deal, especially when you're talking about short yardage goal line carries. Hurts dominated there. We all know that Sanders didn't have any touchdowns last year. He's going to get touchdowns this year. But is it going to be like five? Is it going to be like six? How many is he going to get? How many is Walker? Contender. How many for Walker? How many for Walker? What do you think? I think if Walker walks out of training camp with the lead job in Seattle, I think he can beat six touchdowns pretty easily and probably flirt with nine. But he's got to do it first. And we know that Pete Carroll loves Rashad Penny, but they obviously love Walker because they didn't. The last thing they needed was a running back with that second round pick. Everybody thought, remember, they had back to back picks in round two. They took Boya Mafe first. They definitely needed pass rush help. That was a great pick. But everybody thought, well, maybe they're going to take a quarterback here. All the quarterbacks except for Pickett were still on the board. Uh, they could have used more help on the offense. But nobody liked these. I mean, they may have a deal in place for Baker that we don't know about. They might. And even if they did, wouldn't they want to get somebody who's young, who they could go and, and try and develop? But if they didn't like him, you're right. They, they didn't. They didn't nobody liked these guys. <laughs> I guess not if they're going in round three with the exception of Pickett going to Pittsburgh in round one. Look. I like Walker. I really like the fit of Walker in Seattle. I think he's exactly what Pete Carroll looks for in a running back. We can laugh at Seattle all day for not being a progressive offense, but they are an offense that wants to run the football a lot. And I don't expect him. Maybe he's lucky to get 25 catches. I do think he is a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He wasn't asked to do it in Michigan State. He's probably not going to be asked to do a lot of it at Seattle either. But his competition is Chris Carson, who might not play again, Rashad Penny, who gets hurt every year. And that's it. 
So he's really got a shot to be a workhorse in Seattle's offense. The downgrade is that Seattle's passing game. Humongous question mark. If it's Baker back there, I'll be very excited about Ken Walker. Yeah, I, I will take Walker. I don't know if I'll be as Baker's quarterback. Right. Is it Dino Smith? Not so much. Because Dino will be the starter over Drew Locke. I hope so. And you know what? I'm okay with Gino as the quarterback there, but I'd rather it be Baker or Garoppolo or pretty much anybody other than Drew Locke or Sam Darnold. All right. Uh, if you're looking for a leg up on your bookmaker, we've got you covered on the Early Edge podcast powered by Sportsline. Every day you can join. I don't think I'm allowed to call him Jonathan Coachman, even though it's what it says in the read. Coach. It's coach. And an expert crew of Sportsline handicappers to break down the biggest games of the day. Every episode is 20 minutes or shorter, and it's in your feed by 11 a.m. This week, they're bringing in the best Kentucky Derby cappers in the industry to get you ready for Saturday's race. Go check out the Early Edge podcast wherever you listen to FFT. Great, great show. Great advice. All right, who would you rather have? Houston running back Damian Pierce or Patriots running back Damian Harris, Jamie? Uh, Harris. Dave, Damian Pierce, give me a Damian. I'm giving you Damian Harris. But it's if we're talking dynasty, I think you can make the case for Damian Pierce. So if I were going to make the case for Damian Pierce in redraft, I would say if the Patriots go back to what they were last six games or so of the season, Damian Harris is just not somebody I'm drafting. He's 10 carries per game, one catch per game. He was basically 50-50 with Ramondre Stevenson. And yeah, he scored a lot of touchdowns, but I'm not banking on that. He just He was a horse, you know, and then he got hurt. Stevenson had one game where he had like 18 carries or something. And then they then he came, Harris came back and they were splitting 50-50. That is, that is a terrible role. A 50-50 split with no pass catching role. So he's got to get more work than Stevenson, uh, you know, in order to be good. Otherwise, I'll take a guy who has a shot at being the lead back for Houston. That's my case for Pierce. It's a good case. Um, There's not I'm enough not sure Pierce. Though. Right. So number one, there's not as much touchdown potential for Pierce. Number two, I would I would bank on Pierce sharing almost as much, if not more, than Damian Harris. I think the Texans are going to have multiple running backs. Pierce will be a big part of that. He's my favorite of the guys that they have because the other guys are Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. It's not sexy at all. Yeah. And I, I just sexy I think Rex is not sexy. No, not sexy anymore. Rexy no longer sexy. I, I think that Harris has a chance at double-digit touchdowns this year. Maybe a little bit more of a touchdown-dependent running back than we'd like to admit, but he does have potential when he's hot in a game to go well over 100 yards rushing. Patriots have a great offensive line, and uh, they're, they're trying to do what they can with their passing game to make it a little bit more balanced, but at their core, they'll run the football, and that helps Harris. I mean, look, Matt Patricia running the offense. You can't go wrong there. Uh, Devin Singletary or A.J. Dillon who would you rather have Devin Singletary or A.J. Dillon this is not a rookie running back question but somewhat affected by the uh, rookie running backs uh, Devin Singletary Singletary or Dillon who you got Jamie Uh, still Singletary but it's close Um, it wouldn't surprise me if I moved Dillon ahead of him Um, by the end of the day they're they're, I think back to back in in non-PPR, maybe Singletary's one spot or two ahead of him in PPR, but it's very close. I'll take Singletary. We know right now that he is the primary back in Buffalo. We just got done talking about what the roles are for all the other backs that are there. A.J. Dillon's awesome. He's a beast. He's a lot of fun. I'd love to have both these guys on a team, and I think you could probably get away with taking one in round five and one in round six if you wanted to. 
So maybe you take a running back early, like round one. You stay away from running backs in two, three, and four. Singletary should be there in five. You can get Dylan in six. You've got both of them. One of them should be great. The other one should still be okay. But Singletary is the one who's going to get, I believe, more work um, from the jump. And both in excellent offenses. I, I, I just I think Singletary is probably just a little bit safer. Just want to throw some stats out on AJ Dillon. First three games of the year, he just wasn't that involved. He had exactly 26 total yards in each game. Week four is when the season kind of started for AJ Dillon. And from that point forward, his 17 game pace was 209 carries, 36 catches, uh, 1,260 total yards, and eight touchdowns. Really pretty damn solid. But he had 11 of his 30 catches in that stretch. He had 30. He was on pace for 36. 11 of his 30 catches were in two games that Aaron Jones either didn't play or, if you remember, Jones missed the game. Actually, he didn't get hurt in the game, Dave. He came back, but he came back way too early. He was supposed to miss two to three weeks. He missed one week. Came back against the Rams. Was terrible. Didn't have a catch in that game. And I think Dylan had five or six in that game. So, for the most part, when Aaron Jones was on the field, Dylan wasn't catching all that many passes. Uh, But uh, he still put together a really nice stretch beginning in week four. And the last one I have for you here for now is Buffalo running back James Cook or Falcons running back Tyler Algier. Who are you taking, Dave? It's in pencil right now, but it's Cook over Algier. I want to see Algier earn his way into the lead role, and I hope that the Falcons give it to him. It's encouraging that they cut Mike Davis right after the draft. And he I've, I've already said it twice on the podcast. I'll say it again. I bet he reminds Arthur Smith a little bit of Derrick Henry. Physical, workhorse type of running back. Unfortunately, he's got a bad offensive line in front of him and a real questionable offense to go with it. And uh, I just I think in a full PPR, it just makes sense to go with Cook. Jamie, Algier or James Cook? Yeah, I'll, I'll take Cook in PPR. I'll take Algier in non-PPR. I think there's uh, more touchdown potential for Algier, uh, especially if, as they said, he's in the lead role. Um, I'm going to guess he splits with Cordero Patterson. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in another veteran, you know, that they can get cheap at some point, maybe either before camp or in camp when somebody's cut. Um, but I don't know if Singletary's healthy, as we said, that Cook gets the chance to carry the ball very much. And even if Cook, if, if uh, Singletary misses time, that Cook is still part of a committee with Duke Johnson or Zach Moss. So um, I think he'll catch more passes, but I don't think he'll score more touchdowns if both guys are in the roles that I expect. Jamie, give me a half PPR. Ahead of both of them, by the way. Who's ahead of both? Corderell Patterson's ahead of both of them. Yeah. Jamie, give me a half PPR, Algier or James Cook. Algier. Okay. All right, I got a new game I want to play with you guys. It's called Pick Our... Yeah, Pick Our Intro. And the listeners, the viewers right now on YouTube are going to help us as well. We've got a few options for our new intro, which it's like two years old now, and we're going to update it, so... When we come back, pick our intro right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on Fantasy Football Today, we do have some news and notes to get to, including a very intriguing wide receiver that the Kansas City Chiefs signed but and some more running back stuff. But before we do that, we got a new intro. I want to know which one you guys prefer. So here's the background. So uh, Ben and I asked, you know, this dude for to make us a new intro. So he comes back. He gives us an intro. You don't give the guy's name? His name he is doesn't Mike. have a name. He's just some guy. His name is Mike. Show. Okay. So this dude, he gives us an intro and we're listening to it. And there's something in it that's just, it's different, you know, and we're not sure how we feel about it. So he gave us another option. So this is how it's going to start, right? It's going to start like this. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Okay, so that's how it starts. Love that. Right? And now you've got two options. You've got this one. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. (laughs) Or it's time to dominate your fantasy league. So you've got the first one that has these grunts and one guy who sounds like he's being like beaten within inches of his life. And then you got the other one, which is just a radio call. So let me play it again, because we. I was like, I was waiting to hear a Heath sigh in there or something like. No, that. No, I just, I laugh my ass off every time I hear the grunts. But here, it's listen. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> so there's that, or it's last time. It's time to on dominate this. your fantasy league. So what do you think, guys? Grunt or no grunt? No grunt. I think we should do the grunt just so when everybody listens to it, they laugh. They ah! remember this. <laughs> it's like <laughs> such a violent scream. Uh, all right. Play one we... more time. Play one more time. All right. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> it makes me laugh. So can we do a YouTube poll? Ben? Yeah, I've got a YouTube poll going right now. All right. All right. We'll check in on it. Make sure you remind me to check in on it later. Grunts are too much. Uh, all right. Go with the grunts. Can we mix it up? Can we use – what if we did uh, the the second one, the one that without the guy falling off of a cliff <laughs> right. um, most of the time? And then once in a while, we change it up sure. with, with – uh, Yeah, I could do that. I could do um, I could do some – you know, maybe, maybe a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we grunt. Tuesday, Thursday, we just have radio. No, no, I'm saying like once in a while, unscheduled, you just decide on a lark. We're going with the, we're going with the. (laughs) You're asking him to do that kind of work. (laughs) No, that's easy. That's easy. It's easy for him. He can do it. He'll forget 10 out of 10. All right, Alpha. Then just once, because once in a while, he'll remember. And then we'll get the, ah. (laughs) Everyone will crack up at it. It's just so weird. Uh, but yeah, whatever. We need Adam to voice the intro. I don't think I don't think we need that. I don't think that. I hate change. All right, we got some good comments here. This is why you got to watch on YouTube so you can you can pick the grunt or no grunt game. All right, let's do some news and notes real quick. The Chiefs signed Justin Ross. Justin Ross. That's, is a- that's the the news and notes you lead with. Did something huge happen? Yeah, yesterday we did an emergency podcast. Oh we well, I, didn't, I mean, I figured we weren't talking about that. 
<laughs> excuse me, Jamie. Excuse me. Justin Ross, much more important than DeAndre Hopkins. We spent 20 minutes on DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. Well, I mean, we always usually follow up the next day. We're still talking about it. The reason why we do that is because we usually have different people on. But you are right. I, I, I just didn't want to have the same show. But if you want to hear about Hopkins, I guess I should have mentioned this a while ago. Uh, we recorded 20, <laughs> we recorded 20 <laughs> minutes on him yesterday. But we, we moved on to grunts today. Um, so did the Cardinals. <laughs> did, uh, all right, Jamie. Jamie, give me a thirty-second wrap-up of the DeAndre Hopkins news and what it what it meant for everyone else on the Cardinals. Sure, DeAndre Hopkins poop. Um, Marquise Brown stock up. Kyler Murray stock slightly down. Zach Ertz stock up. Uh, Rondell Moore stock up. AJ Green stock up. Don't give up on DeAndre Hopkins. You can trade for him middle of the season, and he's worth a pick as early as round eight. But just understand that you have to stash him for the first six weeks of the season. Okay, Dave, we're going to do your 30-second version. Kyler Murray is QB blank. Kyler Murray is QB seven, but I actually like him a little bit more that value than I led on on the podcast yesterday. I otherwise agree 100% with Jamie. I especially like Zach Ertz, who moved up two spots in my tight end rankings. Okay, Marquise Brown in round blank. Five, six. And... DeAndre Hopkins in round blank. Eight. And Rondell Moore. Uh, it's going to be 10 in full PPR, 12 plus otherwise. All right. I do want to give a little love to Justin Ross here. Justin Ross was uh, an elite college wide receiver at Clemson, had a spinal injury, did not play for either of the last two seasons, but you know could have been a first round pick. So... He's you know, he had surgery, he had a procedure, and he's back, and we're rooting for him because uh, at the time he was told no more football. So uh, it's a great story, and for all we know, the Chiefs might have just gotten a huge steal based on talent. Uh, you'd think it's going to take a little while because he's rusty, hasn't played in two years, but Justin Ross is his name. It's J-U-S-T-Y-N if you're looking for him, and I don't know, uh, where would you if you're doing a rookie-only league, I'd take him in the third round. I'd take a gamble. What do you think? Someone will do it round um, three in, in every rookie-only league. But uh, the challenge that I would have for both of you as well as everybody listening is name the last player who came into the league with significant injuries on top of a spine issue who had a long-lasting career. Well, I mean, the, uh, the player pool for that is so huge. Right. Um, <laughs> well, just fine. If you throw also his left hip quarter. is a little bit bigger than his right hip, and he's got... Uh, <laughs> No, but okay, throw out the spinal disorder because why not? But players that come into the NFL with a long list of injuries, like first name that comes to my mind because we were talking about the Bills today is Zach Moss. It's one of the reasons why I didn't want to have Zach Moss on my dynasty team. And now Zach Moss is buried on the Bills depth chart. Uh, well, you, I mean, you can look. Frank Gore tore both his ACLs. Both McGay. He, he lasted a while. McGahee tore his ACL. But that Gore counts. McGahee, I think he just had the one right knee issue. You know, guys need who one of the running backs from his body. One of the running backs in this class tore both ACLs. In this class? Yeah. One, once in high school and once in college. I can look it up for you. I Dave, I, I honestly don't know. I couldn't think, but uh oh, oh, I got it. It was Zamir White. Ah, it was. Tore his right ACL in 2017, his left ACL in 2018. Okay, uh, New Orleans signed Tyron Matthew, three years, $33 million with $18 million guaranteed. They've now replaced their starting safeties from last year with Matthew 
and Marcus May, formerly of the Jets. And interestingly enough, the Chiefs let Matthew go. They signed Justin Reed to a very similar contract, three years, $31.5 million with $20 million guaranteed. So slightly more guaranteed money, but you know, basically the same contract for the guy they just that they didn't sign and the guy they did sign. We'll see how that works out. Chiefs also made a minor trade with the Texans. They acquired cornerback Lonnie Johnson for a 2024 seventh-round pick. The 49ers re-signed cornerback Jason Verrett. DK Metcalf has resumed running. He had foot surgery, so he's uh, getting back, back in the swing of things. And the Vikings declined the fifth-year option on center Garrett Bradbury, which I guess... Goes to show you that there's no sure thing, even a, you know an interior offensive lineman in the first round. Disappointing career so far for Garrett Bradbury, but you know maybe he has a big year and plays himself into a better contract. That'd be awesome for him. Let me ask you some more running back questions after the draft. Uh, have James Conner and Leonard Fournette solidified themselves as RB ones? Yes. Uh, Fournette has for sure. Conner's pretty close. Where are you on Josh Jacobs? Uh, same, basically. Uh, very good number two running back. You know, I think we'll find out um, how much he's motivated by having his fifth year option decline. Uh, we'll find out, you know, how they're going to use both Kenyon Drake and Zamir White if they do um, in tandem with him. But as we know, he's been successful when he's had the chance to play with the lead. And I think this Raiders team has gotten better. Uh, but will he have the same role in the passing game that he had at the end of last season when there was no Darren Waller and no Henry Ruggs and obviously no Devontae Adams on the team? So with a better receiving core and, and, and no Kenny Drake at the time, you know, so better receiving core and, and pass catching options in the backfield, you know, that's the concern. So I think Jacobs kind of loses on one end, gains on another, and kind of comes out just as a safe number two running back that you can get maybe in round three if you want to be aggressive, but certainly round four. Where are you on Antonio Gibson, Dave? Uh, I've got him ahead of Josh Jacobs, but only by one spot. I'm nervous because I think Brian Robinson going there is kind of a dangerous sign that maybe they're looking at getting somebody who can take some of the physical work off of Gibson. Keeping J.D. McKissick is just going to make it more of a headache for Gibson from week to week. But we've seen him make some explosive plays over the course of his two years. And I'm willing to bank on Washington, even although they lost Scherf at guard, um, giving him opportunities to make some more of those big plays. Jamie Jacobs or Gibson? Uh, Jacobs for me. Gibson um, makes me a little nervous. You know, the fact that they brought in the running backs for interviews, that they drafted Brian Robinson, that they bring back McKissick. You know, as we saw last year, he didn't have an uptick in the passing game until McKissick was out. And now you have what should be a better receiving core with Jahan Dotson. Uh, as Dave mentioned, the offensive line got a little bit worse. And so, you know, I think just the, um, the the concern with Gibson, it just feels as if this coaching staff isn't in love with him as we, you know, continue to see time and time again. So um, he's still a number two running back, but he was a borderline number one guy for me. And, um, you know, just as this draft, draft process has gone along and the addition of Brian Robinson, I, I feel like he's going to uh, come out on the wrong end of things from his upside. I think he's still going to be the best running back in Washington and still in the same conversation with Jacobs, Barkley, um, J.K. Dobbins, you know, those, those kind of guys, Brees Hall. Uh, but, you know, Gibson's certainly fallen for me. Not as far as Heath has dropped him, but, you know, pretty close. I The only thing that I'd push back on is that I feel like Gibson and Jacobs are in the, the exact same spot. Both of them saw a running back join them. Yeah, but better offense for me for Jacobs. That's true, but Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas. You talked about Dotson going to Washington. Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas. Yeah, no, I said that. You know, Drake, Drake's passing game con- role concerns me, but 
Right. Uh, that's anyway, why they're, 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 they're very close. I, I think I, they're, I almost they're, think they're identical. Yeah, no. I, I, to me, it feels like Jacob's, his team situation better than the team situation there. And I hope Carson Wentz is an upgrade for Washington, but man, he's got to prove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess maybe if there's more of a threat of losing touchdowns, would it be Gibson to Robinson? You know, nobody's taking Jacobs. That's a fair point. It's an open question. Yeah. And uh, it could turn out that way. But I also don't know if Scott Turner and Ron Rivera are willing to let a rookie do that job. I got to dig a little bit more into this, but I always talk about how the Eagles offense changed midseason. The Washington offense changed midseason, too, because their defense got a lot better. Like, right in the midway point of the season. It didn't last all that long, but they had this stretch. Remember, they beat the Bucs, and they started playing a lot better. And basically, the point I'm making is, the first eight games of the year, Antonio Gibson averaged 13.9 carries per game, and he was not even a top 24 running back per game. The last eight games of the year, he averaged 18.4 carries per game, four and a half more carries per game, and uh, he was number 12 per game. Uh, at running back. So, and obviously the catches went up too because McKissick got hurt in that stretch, but the carries went way up. I got to dig, I got to dig, do a little bit more research to see what happened there and why the carries went way up. I think it's because they started playing better defense. They changed their identity a little bit and they tried to go a little more, bit more run heavy. Um, all right, next question. Dallas drafted Tyler Johnson in round one, presumably to play left guard. He was, if not the youngest, he was one of the youngest players in the draft. He might go into the season as the youngest player in football. I don't know. Um, Tyler Johnson for the Cowboys. Does this pick do anything for Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard or just kind of neutral? Uh, I think it's neutral. Oh, I don't man. know if there's... Jamie froze? Oh, there he is. <laughs> man, man, we have an issue. Jamie, you there? Yep. Okay, Dave says it's neutral. I said Tyler I Johnson. I, I meant Tyler Smith. I'm sorry. His name is Tyler Smith, not Tyler Johnson. Uh, yeah, what do you think about this draft pick for the Cowboys? Does it do anything for Zeke or Pollard? Can't hurt. You know, anytime you add your offensive line with a talented player, you know, certainly can can benefit things. Um, you know, this was a, a line that lost two guys. You know, so we'll see, um, you know, how he steps in and, and can play right away. But I like Dallas going back to their strength and what's been, you know, a staple for them. And that's making sure they have one of the best offensive lines in football. And if, you know, mostly if you can keep Tyron Smith help, uh, healthy on the outside, uh, that'll, that'll make things a lot better. Our right, last question. Does Isaiah Spiller affect Austin Eckler's value at all, Jamie? A little bit. You know, if he is able to step in and, and have a bigger role than what we've seen from the Justin Jacksons and Larry Roundtrees of the world. Um, but I, I think Eckler is, you know, showed you last year that he can be that do it all threat and 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 come through and be a stud. So I didn't move Eckler at all. I just think that Spiller is probably a more talented version if things go right for him than what they've had as that second guy complimenting him since Melvin Gordon left. Oh, I moved Eckler big time. Moved him in non PPR from number three to number four. <laughs> That's it. No, I'd like Spiller could steal two or three touchdowns over the course of the year. All right. Uh, we got a little bit of time. I'll read a couple of emails here. Fantasy. I do. Football. I do like Spiller as the insurance policy for Eckler. Whereas last year, maybe we were drafting Justin Jackson just in case with Eckler, and I don't think he was a, a necessary draft with a double-digit round pick. I think Spiller is probably worth the investment, but that's going to come after round ten. 
All right, I got an email from Steven. Again, the email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. He needs to keep three and a half PPR league. He also says, Dear Ang, Zuko, Katara, and Toph, these are characters from Avatar, The Last Airbender. What is that? I mean, I know Avatar, but what the heck is Avatar, The Last Airbender? Is that a movie? Did they make a series? I don't know. Avatar was a really, I really enjoyed that movie, but I left the theater going, I don't need to ever see that again. You know, one of those movies where it's like, it doesn't have rewatchability, but it was good. You never rewatched it? No, I never rewatched it. It's never on. It was on for a while. Jamie, it's never been the on. The Last Airbender was an animated TV series. Mm, okay. Uh, 12 team half PPR keep three. Javante Williams in the third. Dev- uh, Stefan Diggs in the fourth. Michael Thomas in the sixth, T. Higgins in the seventh, Cam Akers in the ninth round, Hollywood Brown in the eleventh round. Keep three. Yeah. I mean, Diggs. His eye is amazing for the last two. How about okay? So not Javante in the third, right? I mean, Javante's borderline round two, round three pick. He's probably going to end up going, you know, round three for the most part. But you're taking keepers out of the equation, so you know it's hard to pass up on him. Yeah. There, but Keep. I mean, you're still getting Marquise Brown. What round? Uh, I'll say it again: Javante third, Diggs in the fourth, Michael Thomas in the sixth, Higgins in the seventh, Acres in the ninth, Hollywood in the eleventh. It's Acres with Brown and Javante. Not Higgins I, in the seventh. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll go Acres, Higgins, and if you want to keep Javante just to get the running back, I would do that. But I would keep Diggs over Javante. It's a round later, and Diggs goes earlier than Javante now. Yeah, that's a fair point. What's the format? Half PPR. Half PPR. Yeah. I'd probably keep... You know what? I mean, why not just keep the studs? Just go Akers, Diggs, and Javante. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's go with... From Owen. Hey, Jake, Amy, Charles, Rosa, and Holt. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm in a keeper league. I can only keep two. Jamar Chase in round six. Javante Williams. Yeah, so let's keep one. <laughs> Jamar Chase <laughs> in round six is going to be one. Javante in round five. Kadarius Tony in round 15. Darnell Mooney in round 12. Stevens, Ramondre Stevenson in round 15. Or Pat Fryermuth in round 15. It's a 10-team PPR league. One point per first down. And that's basically it. So I'm keeping Javante. Yeah, there. Javante. Yeah, I think so. But Mooney's great value too. But hard to pass up in Javante real fast. Okay. And let me see if I can get one more in here. Keeper question from James. Yes, everybody. I know James and everyone else. Deuce Daly was on the Steelers. I'm not still not convinced it actually happened, but all of you said it happened. So I said that when it was live. I don't know why everybody keeps sending it in. Um, I don't know. Nobody listens to you. That's true. Uh, okay, four point per passing touchdown. 14 teams, one-year keeper, single QB. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts in round 11 or Elijah Mitchell in round 12? Mitchell, but he concerns me. He concerns me too. You can make this decision before, like right before your draft, right? Or maybe a week before your draft. If Mitchell's healthy and running around, then I would keep him for the one year. Cool. 
All right, that's it for Fantasy Football today. Thanks very much, everybody. Tomorrow, we'll give you our updated wide receiver rankings. Of course, talking about the rookies and some of the veterans affected by the rookies. You know the drill. Uh, And we'll see you at 1 p.m. Eastern, where Scott Fish is joining us for a live mock draft right here on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today. Have a great day. Talk to you later. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.